and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Big weekend preview for week seven of the season. A week off from the London Games. So no interviews, no faff, no nonsense. Just a look forward to a cracking weekend of games. Plus we'll look back at Thursday night football. Ollie swanned off to Japan. So it's just me and Will Gavin and Matt Sherry alongside me. You're listening to the Gridiron Show. You're listening to The Grand Show. Will Gavin, Matt Sherry with me. Hello, Matthew. How are we doing? Wonderful, buddy. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, fun doing the, uh, the NFL 100 show, which we definitely recorded yesterday and not 10 minutes ago. Absolutely. Is this one actually going to work and we are going to get to do it first time or are we going to have to redo it twice over? Yeah, I mean, we've recorded a lot of unnecessary podcasts that haven't worked today. <laughs> On a day when I had a lot of other things to do. So thanks, mate. I appreciate it. But it's better now than over no, the weekend. So you're putting all the blame at my job. <laughs> well, I mean, it absolutely was your, your cock-up. So, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> uh, we, um, we did have a... Um, uh, we, we did have the NFL 100 show out yesterday, if you've not heard it, focusing on the, the positive history of the Oakland Raiders and Al Davis. Go and check that out. It's well worth a listen. Uh, and, uh, well, we'll have a little... In fact, so I just let's get, get it out of the way nice and early on. Here is our review of Thursday Night Football. So it's been a bit of a manic few days with uh, my buddy Adam, big Rams fan, his stag do this weekend. And so... Uh, <laughs> I'm only just recording this on Sunday morning at like 7am. Sorry that you're getting the podcast quite late, but Thursday night football, Chiefs 30, Broncos 6. Really, the big news from this is Patrick Mahomes suffers a patella dislocation, expected to be out for at least three weeks pending an MRI. I've just been having a quick Google to see if I've missed anything while I've been away over the weekend. Doesn't look like there's any further info on it at the moment, but we'll obviously react to it as and when. The big question is, can Matt Moore come in and get this Chiefs team back on track? He obviously came in, finished that game and you know, it was a pretty dominant performance, top to bottom. But you look at the upcoming game, Sunday night football against the Packers, then the Vikings, then on the road at the Titans and the Chargers back-to-back weeks. I mean, even though the Titans are a very up-and-down team, that's th- a really tough three-game stretch to be without the MVP. So, you know, the door is reopened for the Houston Texans in those top picks as well. We were talking about that last week. Obviously, the Patriots absolutely dominating the AFC should be practically a lock for the number one overall at this point, Joe Flacco and the Broncos just had so much opportunity to win this game, considering how bad the Chiefs defence had been going into this one. But six sacks in the first half alone. Garrett Bowles continuing to be an absolute liability when it comes to holding on the line. Um, so, Okafor, Clark, Emmanuel Ogbert generated pressure on 31% of dropbacks. Genuinely the best performance we've seen from this Chiefs defence. They'll have to step up in a big way over the coming weeks. Uh, Afterwards, uh, for what was a relatively embarrassing home loss, we could see the likes of Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Harris, Derek Wolfe, all out of the door in Denver. Uh, Veterans on expiring contracts who all could find value in the trade market. Are we going to see John Elway get all active? And what does it mean for Vic Fangio, who admitted the fan base were right to be annoyed after this game? 
Garwood and Kansas City kill for their bye right now. Instead, what? Their next four games, they need to win at least two of them. Oakland actually nipping at their heels in the AFC West and a bye looking less and less likely at this point. Tough time to lose Pat Mahomes. There'll be a fascinating story over the coming weeks. Right, back to me and Matt for uh, a look forward to the weekend. So that was Thursday Night Football, Broncos, Chiefs. I built it up in advance on the 100 show as if it was going to be a real slobber knocker, uh, in the words of JR. But uh, So it probably was a, was a load of rubbish. I mean, I have nothing to add because I have no idea what happens in the game. I picked the Chiefs because uh, I, I believe that they will bounce back. I can't see old uh, Pat Mahomes losing three on the bounce. But uh, if it happens, it won't be that much of a shock. Yeah, I've picked the Chiefs as well. I, um, I'm i going to do the Picks Challenge, the Gridiron Picks Challenge, live as we record the podcast, which is fun. Ugh, what a guy. What a guy. Uh, teams on bye week this week, Carolina Panthers, the Cleveland Browns, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So still plenty of games to tuck into. We'll just go through it on a uh, uh, kind of chronological basis, starting off with the 6 p.m. games. And, uh, well, let's why don't we start off with... Uh, the game that we were talking about on the NFL 100 show yesterday, Packers Raiders. Packers coming off that um, off that fortunate win over the Lions. The Raiders coming over an excellent win out here in London with a week off as well. Are you fancying Gruden's boys to go in and get a bit of an upset? Um, no, I'm not. I, I, <laughs> I think it'll be a good game. This. I, I think I'm just about going to go Packers though. Um, I just think it's a tough place to go, isn't it, Lambeau Field? I mean, I think the Raiders are a much better team than we anticipated. Two good runs, two good wins on the bounce, effectively on the road in in Indianapolis and in in London against the Bears. But I just feel like the the Packers have got a got a horseshoe wedged up their jacksie at the moment, and it will continue on. Um, I, but I do think it'll be a close game. I mean, of course, there's a guy on Twitter yesterday who said that Gridiron are all massive Packers fans so I have to do was that there? as well <laughs> yeah I was like you literally have never listened to certainly anything I've ever said uh, uh, apparently really apparently Aaron Rodgers is, is my fave this is someone this is a podcast listener I'd, I'd well a follower of Gridiron who's kind of tagged us into a few things recently suggesting that we massively favour the Packers but that that clearly isn't true, but I, I do think in a tight game, I'm, I'm generally going to go with the, the home team in what is a, a hostile environment. And, and that's the only reason I give Green Bay the edge, because there's a lot to like about Auckland at the moment. There's a lot to like about what Grun, John Gruden's doing with the offence. I think the Raiders' defence is playing well with a lot of young guys as well. Um, certainly better than I expected. So, so yeah, I, I, I do expect... It to be a, a better game than maybe we thought ahead of the season, but I, I would think Green Bay will probably just come out on top. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that defense is good enough uh, against the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I think the Raiders. Uh, it was uh, the the nature of the win in London. They very nearly threw it away, and I don't think the Packers' offense, given as many opportunities as the Bears were given uh, here in London, will make any kind of the same well, level of mistakes. So, well, one X factor uh, in the Raiders' favor, just just quickly, mm-hmm. I. In watching the the Lions Green Bay game properly again, it it was noticeable how much the the Lions used tempo. 
Uh, now that works well against Patine's defense, and it would. I've seen the Patriots do it so many times against Patton and against Rex Ryan, and they run the same scheme, obviously, because they work together. And and what that does is because it's also predicated on disguising, and it's so complex for de- for defenses. If you can get them trapped on the field and locked in a a package, it really limits some of the things that they can do. So it'll be interesting to see if the Raiders picked up on that and and execute a similar plan. And if they do, then it gives them more of a chance, I think, because it, it is very much an antidote for that Patine defence. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. I've also never heard him called Patine instead of Petting, but um, uh, I'm going to trust you and go with it. Uh, it definitely is Petting, by the way. I don't know why I kept saying Petting. <laughs> it's like poutine. Maybe you're just a big fan of the old, uh, uh, of the old Canadian delicacy. This is why you're the broadcasting behemoth and I'm just a rider, Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never say just a riot and never refer to me as a behemoth to my face because you know what this ego's like, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, talking about um, the idea of kind of keeping team on the field or off the field, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, we look at there's a few teams a little bit like this in recent weeks. The Rams and the Chiefs stand out in particular where they're teams whose offense has done so well for them in recent times that have had really, really terrible time of possession over the last couple of weeks. The Rams now head to Atlanta to face the Falcons in Atlanta obviously they've been a big story this week with the Jalen Ramsey trade but I'm not too worried about them defensively against even though Matt Ryan's playing better than the the win-loss record suggests but I am it's it's for me all about whether or not that offense can get healthy against a, a much weaker defense than maybe they faced over recent weeks yeah I mean talk about the the perfect medicine for offensive struggles I mean going against this defense I mean where's the pass rush guys well where's everything I mean the, the, <laughs> watch watch back a bit of that game as well since we last chatted and I mean the amount of assignments that they're missing on this Atlanta D is 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 scarcely believable. I mean, the whole a whole defense that's predicated on on being uncomplicated and letting guys play fast. I mean, you're just seeing guys in the wrong place over and over again. They look horribly coached. I think Atlanta have been the biggest disappointment of the season so far by a, by a reasonable margin. And and yeah, I would expect the Rams to 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 really take them apart. I mean, we saw what we saw what they did against Seattle, who were running a, a much more um, assured version of that scheme at the moment in that players are where they're supposed to be. I think the Rams will put up a lot of points in this game and, and get back over 500, which will no doubt convince supporters that they are on the right track again, but might be fool's gold. Uh, we've slayed them this week and for all the right reasons. Um, <laughs> Washington get the win against Miami on Billy Callahan, just barely getting them over the line. Uh, let's be honest, Case Keenum, even at home, is going to have a rough time against this San Fran front. Uh, and uh, I'd be, uh, I'd be kind of, I'd be stunned if the 49ers don't go to six and zero, which would be the first time in my entire life that I've felt this confident about a 49ers win. Which means we're almost certainly going to lose. You're not going to lose. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I underestimated. So, Eric Armstead's got a lot of credit recently, certainly off kind of analytics community and stuff. But, I mean, Bose is the big difference on that defence from, again, watching them back. Well, the, the, the difference with the front is that finally what you've got with uh, with I mean Buckner's been a, a, a wrecker up front anyway but Bosa generally comes off the same side as Armstead when they're playing with that four man front and 
Bosa is taking a lot of double teams or is taking the guard's attention as well or they're bringing an extra blocker in and that's giving Armstead that space to manoeuvre and work. I don't think Armstead's a bad player by any means. No, he's a really good player, but I think Bosa's the X-factor. I mean, he is pressuring quarterbacks at an unprecedentedly high rate at the moment. He's, I think he's getting pressure on like every eight snaps or something, which is the best in the NFL by a mile. Um, I also think that the Kyle Shanahan scenario of he let slip this week essentially that he hated his time coaching in Washington outside of working with his dad I think he'll be desperate to go in there and put it up them a little bit especially with how you know shambolic they've been in recent weeks the fact that they've just got to win I expect the 49ers to win this game by at least 14 points and and I think that Shanahan will be able to make a a real statement to to Dan Snyder and and the rest of the buffoons operating at the at the head of that organization really interesting game happening in the AFC South in the race for the first place in the division the Colts coming off their bye week uh, the Texans playing consecutive road games the Colts uh, for me with I mean better O-line better coaching Darius Leonard back lots and lots of reasons to like this team but and and with the tech with the Texans banged up at corner, I think that is a concern. I think Brissett could have some play against them this week. But I don't know. I, I, this Texans team, it's starting to feel a little bit like there's something special happening after winning in Kansas City. In fact, these are two teams who their last two these two teams who their last win just came beating the Chiefs uh, in Kansas City. So. In theory, these are these are just two very, very good football teams who are going to slug it out. Kind of fancying the Texans on the road, though. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I, I like the Colts in this game. I, th- I think for me, the, the key element here is that I think the Colts have the Texans' number. I mean, we saw them we saw them beat them heavily in the playoffs last Sh- season. Surely T.Y. Hilton can't keep having 200-yard, two-touchdown games <laughs> against the Texans. Surely they can't let that happen yet again. It's no, getting embarrassing at this point. No, I, I, I mean, that might not be their route to victory, but I, I, I just think that... I think the one advantage, the big advantage for Indianapolis, maybe outside the Jaguars, is... They really have the number of the other teams in that division. I mean, if you look at, at at the end of last season, beat the Titans in a big game in Week 17, then beat the Colts in the playoffs. And, and, and I think we'll see that again. The Texans are also that team who, from a big, big victory, and that might be, might have been the, the biggest win of the O'Brien era last week, they've got a come-down performance in them as well. So for me, the Colts are well-rested. They themselves are coming off a an incredibly good road win. I, I, I just think Indianapolis get the win and, and keep alive, you know, a very, very exciting race atop the AFC South this season. You might have talked me into it. I do like Reich a lot. I do as well. And I, I like O'Brien. I might switch to the Colts. I do I like I O'Brien. the Colts on the picks. Yeah, I'm going to, I like O'Brien, but I'm, I'm going to go with Reich. I think it's a slightly better coach. And yeah, I just, I just have a feeling the Colts will get it done. And especially at home as well. I mean, that, that, that is a factor. There's one more good game in this six o'clock window. And that is, amazingly, the Minnesota Vikings going to the Detroit Lions side who will feel uh, aggrieved to not be 3-1-1 one, and one at this point. Well, uh, they could uh? feel aggrieved it more as well because you'd forget in week one they gave away that tie to the to the Cardinals haven't been up big. I mean, it could be a whole different story for the Lions in that division. 
And it is a, such a tough division at the moment. Uh, you know, everyone above uh, above or at 500. In fact, everyone above 500 because of the Lions tie. Um, the Vikings, just for me, are just a different prospect to when they're at home to when they're on the road. And with the Lions defense operating at a higher level than I think maybe the talent would suggest. And I think being a good matchup as well for this for this um, the Vikings offense. I think the only thing I, I, I look at with the Vikings offense against the Lions defense is that the Lions have a lot of have-a-go heroes at defensive back who play above what we would consider maybe their level. If they can get all of their receiving threats operating and get Dalvin Cook doing a little out of the backfield as well, maybe they've got a little too much for them. But going into Detroit, I think I kind of want to pick the Lions at home, Matt Sherry. I, I mean, I love the Lions. I think I love the Lions secondary. I think they've got the best, one of the best outside corners in the league in Darius Slay. I think they've got one of the three best slot cornerbacks in the NFL as well. I, I, I like everything about them. And then in terms of Dalvin Cook, you know, you've got the best run stuff and defensive tackle in Snacks Harrison. I, I like this Lions day. I think it's really talented. And, and uh, for me, I'm not that surprised how well that the play, playing. Um, I mean, Justin Coleman's been one of the stars of the season as the, as the slot cornerback. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, for me, if I was looking at it from a Vikings perspective, I would, I would make sure that Thielen and Diggs go on the outside. I would put Treadwell inside and just, accept that you're not going to get much change out of Coleman anyway the way he's playing so I think that that exposing the second boundary corner is an option with those receivers but and and obviously Harrison against this scheme you you might have more joy because you know the the whole idea is to move them side to side on the stretch players but yeah I mean I, I love this Lions D and I haven't even mentioned the best player on it which is which is Trey Flowers and most importantly, I think the Lions are going to have a big point to prove. Like This is going to be desperation time for them now. They can't really drop another game in the division, certainly not at home. So for those reasons, and the point you've been on all year where I think you're absolutely spot on is that, that the Vikings are a different team on the road. So yeah, I, re- I really like the Lions this week. Um, we all know if it's in prime time, the Lions would be winning hands down anyway. But being in a six o'clock window, maybe Kirk Cousins won't feel the lights on him too badly. Just to, to ping through the rest of the six o'clock games, uh, Jags at Bengals. I'm taking the Jags. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Bengals coming to London at 0 and 7. Did you say the Marcel, Marcel Darius thing yesterday? Did I say yes, I did. Tweet? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For, for those who didn't see it, Marcel Darius limped through the locker room, pretend to have a back injury, which I think tells you what the internal players' view was of the Jalen Ramsey scenario. So we're both taking the Bills over the Dolphins, I assume. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Giants Cardinals. I mean, there's there's intrigue in this game. It could be end up being a tight game. I don't think they're two good teams, but they're two not great teams who might give us a half decent game. Quan Barkley expected back for the Giants. Obviously, the Cardinals have put up a lot of points in the last two weeks after not looking like a great team prior to that. It's not a good Giants defense. In fact, it's a very talent poor Giants defense. But a Giants defense is playing incredibly hard. I was quite impressed by them against New England on the road. Um, I think that the Cardinals last two weeks has fooled gold. I mean, I'm not going to judge any offence. He's dropped that fool's gold twice and I've liked it both times. Yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't trust any offence, any kind of, I wouldn't glean any results from an offensive performance against the Atlanta Falcons right now. I I think the Giants will win the game at home and and I think a nice bounce back game for Daniel Jones in this one as well, who's had some tough matchups the last couple of weeks. 
The Tennessee Titans, the Ryan Tannehill Tennessee Titans, welcome the Los Angeles Chargers into their building. Now, the Chargers were brilliant on the road last season, mainly because every game was a road game to them. So when they actually had to go on the road, it felt like they were used to the hostile atmospheres. I've been so disappointed with them the last two weeks. That The late comeback against Pittsburgh, which was mainly down to a combination of Philip Rivers pulling his socks up because he's still a good player and Pittsburgh kind of letting the ball drop a little bit belies what was a dreadful performance for the first three quarters. I mean, they were 24 zip down going into the fourth quarter. It wasn't a good game from their team all round. And I don't know, I think maybe they're just not a very good team this year. I'm taking the Titans at home. Yeah, I mean, the injury issues again have hit them really hard. I mean, Derwin James was such a a harpy player on that defence and such a talented guy as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... it just You kind of feel like the amount of injuries the Chargers have had this kind of season was going to happen. Although the only thing I would say is there reaches a point where you have to stop moaning about bad luck and start looking at why this has happened every season. I mean, there has to be a reason for it. You can't possibly surely be this unlucky year in, year out. I really like Anthony Lynn, but... You kind of get the feeling that maybe, maybe they've reached the end of the road a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if they were looking for a new coach because it's not like I mean they did okay last year, but the way they lost in New England in the playoffs wasn't great. Yeah, I mean I, I think the Titans will win just because at least I can look at the Titans and say, well, there's one outstanding unit. You know, I can't look at the Chargers' offense or defense and say they're really good at either. I think the average of both, whereas at least I can point to a very good defence in Tennessee and, 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 and hold that up as a, as a reason for them to win the game. Do you know what game does look fun from that late window? Seahawks-Ravens. Both you've got, Lam- you, you've got Lamar Jackson and that rushing attack, which could genuinely go at the, could go at the Seahawks defence and, and keep Russell Wilson off the field, keep that time possession up and, and cause them all sorts of trouble. But then you've got the... the, the de facto MVP right now on the other side of the field and enough talent in other positions with DK Metcalf performing well on the offense with them getting enough out of the rushing attack with a defense which obviously we know their stars at linebacker but they seem to be getting enough play out out of the defensive backfield as well I really I'm really really excited to watch this game I there's a little bit of me that really wants to pick the Ravens just I just think that there's a team kind of set up to go and win in Seattle that are on the slate over the coming weeks. This feels like the team to do it because 49ers aren't there till week 17, of course, who are the obvious choice. <laughs> um, the, oh, I can't do it. I can't pick against the Seahawks at home. I, I do genuinely think we... This is... Both the Seahawks and 49ers, before they face off a Monday Night Football next month, have one tough road game alongside a couple of cupcakes on the road. This is their tough home game. If they can win this one and the 49ers can win their upcoming home game, which has just completely escaped me who they're playing, uh, but they have got a, a, de- a half-decent team at home in, uh, in the Panthers next weekend. If they can win those games, we should be seeing them go off at 8-1 and one and 8-0 and oh when they face off in, in three weeks' time. Yeah, I mean, some interesting elements in terms of availability for Seattle. Jaron Reed should be back, um, who had 10.5 sacks last year. So... You think that gives them a, an, an interior push? Um, also, by the way, I saw you flirting with Greg Rosenthal on uh, online about this game when he was saying about two top five offenses and mediocre defense. Yeah, no, end of day stuff. <laughs> it is. I know. Like I said, it's a bit like the the Bama LSU thing at the minute. That's just everything that 
it goes against everything that you know. I guess the issue for Seattle is, you know, Fluker and Dwayne Brown still aren't practicing as, as we record this. So are those guys going to be healthy? I mean, you would think the odds are, are stacked against them now. Interestingly, the, the Ravens are the kind of team who Seattle's defence should be better against. You know, that zone defence that is so exploitable is actually what you need to play against a Russian quarterback because theoretically that should mean that there isn't a situation where you play man-to-man and Lamar Jackson can just run around. Um, I think the interesting part to me about the Ravens is they've clearly decided now that they, if they try and stop Lamar Jackson running, they're hamstringing the whole offence. And they're a better team when they allow him to run the ball more and they call design runs. I get it puts him in harm's way, but that is just... If you are going to capitalise on his skill set, then you need to do that, particularly in games like this on the road. I'm just about going to take Seattle just because of how well Russell Wilson's playing. I think it'll be a great game. I mean, there's so many matchups that interest me. Jadavion Clowney, by the way, has played brilliantly the last two weeks mm-hmm. for Seattle. Yeah, really, and really, really well. well. And that's that's a big, big difference maker for them. Um, it's, a so, different yeah. system. it's a different system for him there to what he'd played previously. And... I think he's taken to it like a duck to water. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he jumped off the screen in, in the Cleveland game. So, so yeah, I think that's a, a big win, especially with, as I say, with Duran Reid coming back, who is just kind of a forgotten guy, but was exceptional last season. Then, yeah, I mean, low scoring, I think, for those reasons. I'm um, not sure. I don't think it will be. I, I'm like I'm in like a 34-31 type. Oh, I'm part. not. See, I know, what, I know what Greg was saying. I say, like, 24-21 but I think if, if if both teams were fully healthy it would be high scoring but I, I think I, I just think Seattle have an offensive line issues and and then Seattle having these guys back on defence leads me to think it could be a little bit more low scoring than the offensive production from both so far suggests Jadavian Clowney jumping off the screen like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Last Action Hero uh, two more games worth talking about one certainly not uh, can we just say on Monday Night Football Patriots are going to beat the Jets. Uh, no, we can't. Absolutely not. What? I think that's going to be a great game Monday. The Jets what? are going to have, have CJ Mosley back. Uh, watched back their defensive performance when he was on the field against Buffalo in week one. They looked a different defence. Their defence has played well, even without him, most of the year. Um, what? I mean, they've, they've just beat the Cowboys. Darnold looked exceptional last week. Chris Herndon, one of the brightest young tight ends in football is going to play for the first time this season and the then Jets now on the bench in at least at least 80% of my fantasy leagues after no I'm, one else knowing he was coming off <laughs> I'm fairly I'm fairly close to picking a, an upset wow I, I think it's going to be a real game here we go and I'm excited for it as well because as a Patriots fan I've been bored to tears for the majority of the season so far I haven't been this excited for a game since since week one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think, isn't, I'll, it, I'll, isn't it funny? The difference in the approach. As a Patriots fan, you being 7-0 is... Oh, 6-0, sorry. Is, oh, this is so boring to me. I wish we were having some competition. As a 49ers fan being 5-0, I'm dancing on the ceiling. Yeah, but you've, the, had, you've beat good teams in that. I mean, I, I massively enjoyed the Bills game. I, that's the one I've just forgotten, actually. I massively, massively enjoyed it, even though it was... a big defensive battle I think that I think Patriots Jets is going to be a game an interesting game and um, I will end up picking the Patriots but I'll, I might pick against them on the spread I imagine the Jets are bigger favourites than the should uh, the Patriots are bigger favourites than they should be 
All right, I'm taking the Patriots and f- f- you spread. Um, right, let's uh, the last two games then on Sunday night as we jumped ahead to Monday. Uh, the Sunday night football in a moment. Uh, Bears Saints, Chicago again, another one of those NFC North teams better in their own building with the noise, with the atmosphere. I don't know. I can't pick against this Saints team. 4-0 with Teddy Bridgewater under centre. Just, I, It almost feels boring at this point, going through every weapon they have on each side of the ball and talking about how, what a high level they're playing at. But there was one guy, we were talking about Jadavian Clowney last week, who just, again, jumping off the screen last week. We know he's a quality player, but... Cam Jordan just absolutely yeah. showed up last week and looked unbelievable up against the uh, uh, up against the, the right tackle who was go on tell me I'll, you'll remember and I won't. Um, oh, who is it for the Jags? Can't I can't remember who the, the right Jags. tackle is. Um, it's not but, Cam but Robinson. He's left tackle, isn't he? He literally was lifting this guy out of his boots and just shifting him to one side as he bull rushed him. He was brilliant, really, really, really good. I'm going to say this is going to be lowest, lower scoring and that the Saints are going to win a tight one. I, I agree. I mean, I, I saw the Vegas has got the, the, the Bears in as like three and a half point favourites. Like, I, I mean, that's, that's that. three point favourites is basically them going, it's a coin flip, we're giving the home side a field goal. Oh, so they're only you, giving them a half point favourite on a neutral side. Yeah, but making them a favourite at all on a neutral side is insane. At what point do you give... Um, do, you, do you give New Orleans the credit for what they've achieved? I mean, how many road games do they have to go and win in tough environments? How many good teams do they have to beat before we... I mean, you're aware the Jags were favoured against them last week, which thankfully I profited on from a from a betting perspective. But yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little bit shocked at that. I, I the only the only issue obviously for the Saints is Kamara's got a got a, a high angle sprain, and as much as he wants to play. How effective is he going to be with that, I think, is the big question. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Saints, um, despite that. Uh, I know that he's missed some practice this week, but and Latavius Murray isn't the same level that we had from Mark Ingram as the second guy last year, but I just think there's too much in this side, and I just think Sean Payton's too good a coach as well. I think he'll go and he'll out-coach Nagy, who I'm getting more and more concerned about by the, by the game I watch him. Uh, let's talk about then finally Sunday night football oh do we normally whinge when there's an all NFC East clash on prime time because so often it's a duffer well after the Cowboys have dropped three on the bounce and the Eagles lost heavily last weekend in Minnesota suddenly the NFC East two three and three teams tied atop going head to head oh it's tasty in Dallas yeah it is I mean interesting so if if we if we're going to start trying to kind of take results from last year, well, Dallas were really good against the Eagles last year. Like, it seemed like they had the better of that matchup. But, I mean, everything we've seen recently tells me that, you know, you, you've, got to, you've got to be favouring, you've got to be favouring the Eagles in this game. Uh, Juwan Taylor, know, Juwan Taylor's the right tackle, by the way. Sorry, that's thank been you, mate. on my mind. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I'd forgotten about it. Um, do we know what the what Amari Cooper's status is? And um, he's definitely not going to play, is he? He's got a yeah. Is that the case? Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 so. I, I didn't know how long he was uh, due out for or anything, because um, there was reports that he would be available this weekend at one point. But yeah, I don't know if he's not if he's not playing. I think that's a, a big X factor potentially lost. I mean, how Cowboys. healthy is he going to be even if he does play? I mean, 
He shouldn't have played last week from from all intents and purposes. He told the team he was good to go and he clearly wasn't. And that's one of the re- the problems that they had. Whereas on the other side of things, you've got um, uh, Ronald Darby and uh, I think Maddox, is it coming back? Both of them in the same week been practicing for the Eagles this week. If they're both fit and healthy to go, I know there's still not a strong secondary compared with some of the best in the league, but at least if you're healthy and you've got your starting guys back, you've got more of a shot. I'm taking the Eagles on the road. Yeah, I think I am as well. I, I really think the Eagles will win this. And, and again, I mean, after after the disappointment of what happened in Minnesota last week, the Eagles will feel like they need to win, even though, I mean, based on what we're seeing at the moment, you've been wouldn't be surprised if the NFC East winner was 500 at the end of the year. That's the ridiculous part. And there's no way there's a wild card coming out of there based on what they're doing right now when you consider that the NFC West and the NFC North have got uh, three good teams in there at least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's, there's no way in hell, is there? You just kind of... You've got to hope that if you're Dallas or, or Philadelphia, that if you split with each other, maybe that you go and beat everyone outside your division for the rest of the year. Because, and you hope that those divisions beat up on each other. Because there's not they're not going to be dropping a lot of games outside of their division, the West and the North. No, I mean you look at the the East is literally going to be division winner. I think. I mean, and also don't forget about the Panthers in the South. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Panthers, really good you, shout as well. You would say that the that the favourites at the moment are that you've got the Panthers, then any of the teams in the North, which is which is incredible. I mean, and then in the West, the Seahawks, and then the, even the Rams are, are struggling at the moment. So yeah, it's a. It's that NFC uh, wildcard race is going to be interesting. It, it could be a scenario similar to. Can you remember a couple of years ago when the Cardinals finished? I think it might have been eleven and five and missed out. I wouldn't be surprised if an eleven and five team misses out this year. Sherry, I've got to go pick up my mate from the station and get on this stag do uh, But this will be uploaded with a Thursday night football review as well. Chomped in at the front end. Anything you need to promote? Anything you need to? get out there and let people know about a uh, new magazine 49 is on the cover out next week <laughs> uh, brilliant wonderful stuff Sherry as always uh, UK Gridiron on Insta Gridiron on um, Twitter give us the rates and the reviews and the subscribes and all that good stuff otherwise thank you so much for listening this has been the week 7 preview show from Gridiron we Danes are a modest bunch we enjoy simple pleasures As such, we tend not to blow our own trumpets. But since Carlsberg Export has a refined, full-bodied and rather satisfying taste, perhaps just this once. Too much? Probably. Carlsberg Export, probably the most modest beer in the world. Enjoy responsibly. Drinkaware.co.uk for the facts.